Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 61st edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We're going back to the 2005-2006 era where we're interviewing Darren Anderton, 27 appearances for the Wolves and two goals. Darren, I know I'm joining you in America. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Um, yeah, luckily the sun's shining out here in California. It's a a stay-at-home order in terms of, you know, if it's not essential, then don't go out and be doing stuff. You know, no bars or restaurants and all those sort of things. Aren't, but uh, outdoor activities, golf, etc., still going. So we're okay at the moment. I was in London uh, pre-Christmas, and it's, you know, it's starting to get very difficult again there, which is which is such a shame. It is, Darren. So you don't live in uh, California, or take it, or take it to holiday home. Uh, no, no, no. My wife's from California, so uh, we are back out here. And I was actually in London beforehand in order to finally get my green card, so I haven't got to worry about coming in and out of America for more than three months. So that, so that was a nice re- relief, and we actually flew back here on Christmas Eve. So perfect oh, time. Absolutely brilliant. So. Um, obviously, we're going to focus uh, on Wolves a bit later in the interview, but I want to take you back to where it all started. I believe you was born in Southampton. Actually, who did you support growing up, Darren? Southampton. <laughs> My dad got us uh, season tickets, um, and I remember going and watching in the old family centre above the goal, uh, the Kevin Keegan era, when they finished second in the old Division One, going oh. to FA Cup semi-finals. So I was very fortunate to grow up watching a really good team down there. It was so a really entertaining team, and you know, a small, compact stadium like that it was it was it was great. Of course, I mean, just I wasn't going to ask this, but I will do. Is that one regret of yours not playing for Southampton on the basis that you played for two clubs on the south coast in Bournemouth and Portsmouth? Is it a bit of a regret? Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know if I go down the route of regret, but yeah. I would always dreamed of playing for Southampton of course but I guess first and foremost always dreamed of being a professional footballer but of course um, you know if that opportunity had ever arose it was something that um, I would have been you know very keen on I mean yeah. I'll never you know now I mean I, you know I support Portsmouth and Southampton equally I'm lucky yeah. enough you know come from Southampton the upbringing I had in the game because of Portsmouth I would never change in a million years and I was so so fortunate that that um, grounding and upbringing in the game made me the player that I was and and the, and the person I was as well. So very very fortunate. Funny enough, when I did uh, go and sign for um, come and sign for Wolves, I was actually on the phone to Harry Redknapp at the time about going down to Southampton. Then oh um, really? So yeah, I, they, funny enough. That was the choice, um, and then you know, speaking to Harry, you never quite know what you're going to get from him. Uh, you know, yes, he wants you there, he does, and, and um, of course, my relationship with Glenn from, you know, him making my dream come true, playing in a World Cup, and then coming to Spurs, I knew um, that coming to Wolves was uh, probably the right thing to do. Wow. Well, I didn't know that. Now it all started mm-hmm. back in in 1990. You made your professional debut, and I believe. Your, your full league debut was was actually against Wolves. Yeah, it was. Um, I'd made my football de- uh, debut against Cardiff in a like a Rumbelows Cup game or something. I'm coming on as a sub, probably 
a week, couple of weeks before, and then I was on the bench for league games, and the team kept winning, and I couldn't get on. Then Steve Wigley uh, got injured or had an illness, and then an hour before the game, I was in, I was playing, and the, my first game had gone so well that I thought I could, I would be fine. But oh my god, it was it took me by surprise. I tell you, the, yeah. the speed of the game. I think the quality of the Wolves team. I, I think I always, I always remember that um, Paul Cook played central midfield. Yeah, that Paul I Cook, thought, Cookie. Oh, what, what a player! I mean, yes. it was, I was like, this is a different level, and something I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I might be struggling with. Luckily, I found my feet in it uh, as time went by, and I, and I was okay. But I always remember that that you know, my actual football league debut was tough. <laughs> really yeah, tough. <laughs> and, and you you played under two. I mean. Very influential uh, managers and, and two cracking managers in, in Alan Ball and Jim Smith, both huge characters. Yeah, very lucky. I mean, Alan Ball was the, funnily enough, as in a, trying to get, you know, my apprenticeship, uh, you know, associate schoolboys from 14 to 16, and then they pick, yeah. I was, I was not going to be picked, I don't think. And uh, luckily, the last trial game, I ended up playing. Uh, um, against the Navy team and Alan Ball came along and um, was watching. He was the first team manager and he knew my dad through both of um, uh, Jimmy Ball, Alan's son, and my brother played in the same Sunday team. So we'd often just see Alan Ball there at games. He's always just very nice. Yeah. And in that game, I played really well and he just walked around to the other side where my dad was and he just said, your boy's got a chance. He does everything right. He's obviously got to, you know, grow and get stronger and all that sort of thing. He said, but he's got a chance. And then the following Thursday, I went to training and we had Graham Purden, Peter Osgood, uh, Dave Thomas, people like that who were training us as kids. I was so fortunate. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, Ozzy, who, you know, might not, might not even know my name at, at times, was like, brilliant, Dazza, brilliant this, brilliant that. And I just think, obviously, my confidence grew from, what Alan Ball had said but and then a few days later I got the phone call that I had an apprenticeship and I really almost stopped going it was that close I really thought I wasn't going to be picked no way so I'm so thankful to Alan Ball and it's also you know a nice story to have a World Cup winner think that you you know made that decision that gave me my career oh definitely I mean I remember growing up uh, Darren and and at the time, there wasn't that much like like now. There's live football on every channel, every day of the week, and and and, and yeah. early nineties, it wasn't quite like that. But I remember that that FA Cup semi final against Liverpool, where yes. where you scored. I mean, that must have been such a huge moment for you as a young man. Oh, it was. I mean, that season, yeah, everything went great for me. Jim Smith had come in just on first day of preseason you're all off a level playing field there's no you know no you know we had a lot of good players there you know you know mark chamberlain Martin Cole, john beresford i mean it was a good team of good pros you know yes. warren neil all you know colin clark and lots of youngsters but he he came in he said you know you're all here you're all pros you 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 earn your spot in my team and he was true to his word and on that first day of blackburn away myself and Three others from my youth team were in were in the team. Another lad, Chris Burns from non league. You know, half the team was players who had barely played um, in, in the first team, and that that run then from as we got stronger and we got better, and the belief from that FA Cup run culminated in the FA Cup semi final, which of course people I'm sure gave us no chance, and we just yeah. <laughs> we didn't want to make fools of ourselves. And uh, but we had beaten Nottingham Forest in the quarter final, so we you know we we, we had no idea. And, you know, very nervy start. And then the game was, and the atmosphere, God, Portsmouth fans that day, God, 
incredible and then to of course score the goal yeah in, in what's such a huge game and I think people at that point were talking about myself Andy Orford Kit Simons possibly moving to a Liverpool or a Spurs or a Chelsea so it's quite a lot of pressure in that sense as well so I always remember that Steve Wigley who I had taken his place was such a good guy and just said you know if you get that one-on-one with uh, Bruce he will try and read you so do what you do give him the eyes do that and that's exactly what I did Brilliant. Bought me a bit of a bobble, but luckily it went in. And I mean, what a feeling! I, I, of course, you know that's that turned to dejection soon after because it really didn't look like they were going to score. And then a bit of John Barnes magic, who yeah, of course I was fortunate enough to then play with for England in the future. Um, just showed what he was really in big games, big moments, and that, that's the difference. And we then went to Villa Park and lost on penalties. But what a what a season! What what fun! What again? The upbringing that Jim Smith gave me kept you grounded, made you play football the right way. Um, I, days I look back with with so much fondness. Oh, it definitely. Like I said, I remember watching that game on TV, um, and you know you always support the underdogs. Obviously, when you're yeah. growing up, <laughs> and I think everybody that day was was really behind Portsmouth and, and actually thought they could possibly do it. Yeah, we were, I mean, I never forget going out at obviously Highbury and, you know, you go out games now, you know, two minutes before the game, people were rushing in, an hour and a half before the game, one hour on the pitch and the clock end was just full of Pompey fans. It was, yeah, it was, it was unreal. It really, it really was. And, and, you know, the tingles that it still gives me is, is incredible. Yeah. Wow. What, what great memories there. And now you, you did get. Uh, the big move in 1992 um, and it was a lot of money back then 1.75 million to Tottenham Hotspur um, I mean for you Darren once again young man moving to the bright lights of London was that, was that <laughs> yeah. a huge move? Yeah it was it was I mean I, I, I you know I always remember when you know I speak to when I signed that day and I, you know went and saw Terry and there was lots of figures being thrown around I, I presumed it was a million pounds and to be fair, I mean, Terry, but, you know, I asked him, I was like, oh, how much did it cost? And he went, it cost the lot. And I was like, what does that mean? And I think he was like, the, the over two mil. I mean, with Walsh thrown in for 400 grand going in the other way. I was like, oh, oh my yeah, Lord. Walsh, yeah. I'm like, that's, oh my God. I like, literally was in shock. And, and he went, that's, and he could see. I was, and he was like, well, that's what we think of you. He, he said, we we are, you know, going to get you for your, your career. This, you know, we can't wait. We've watched you. We've seen you. We love everything about you. And we want you to come here and enjoy being a Tottenham player. And, I mean, that just summed him up. The, you know, straight away, it wasn't just about the football, the way he was as a man, the way he treated me as a, what was then, I guess I was a man, but I was just barely 20 and yeah. st- still a kid, I suppose. It was, a, And it was a huge move. Um, struggled to start with my, I didn't even realise, but I had a hernia that needed to be operated on, it, which is a weird injury because you could play with it, you, but it just nags and it aches. And of course, then when you think about, about something like that, then you're losing that first two or three yards of pace, which you yes. can't get going. And that's, you know, it's huge. You know, you're taking that step up. And I, I mean, I was absolutely gutted the first few months at how things were going and how I felt. Um, but then I had, you know, I had the operation, Gilmore's groin, which um, everyone had back then. Yeah. And came back came back at Christmas and I was flying. And I think I must have, I might have set up about 15 or 20 of Teddy's goals from there to the end of the season. He won the golden boot um, and everything was 
rosy. I thought, yes, I can do it. I'm good enough. I belong here. And it was a, a, an unbelievable feeling, apart from, again, losing an FA Cup semi-final and this time to Arsenal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I remember that too. I mean, would, would it be fair to say, Darren, I mean, I think I know the answer to this, that you, the best football in your career was played at, at Tottenham Hotspur? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I'll always remember Portsmouth in, in terms of the way that things panned out and that feeling of being a kid going into a team with your, your my old you teammates and, and going on that incredible run that the you know people still talk about yeah um, but then going to Spurs you know struggling to start with I'm glad that happened because it made me a better person a stronger person um, appreciated everything that I, I got um, w- within the game yes. and then obviously then Terry left and then you know and then Aussie came in I mean playing for Aussie was unbelievable then get Terry being England manager and get my England debut and playing a game on my debut that's probably the best game of my career when we beat Denmark 1-0 then going to a World Cup playing Euro 96 I mean just it was great I mean that you know living in London I mean I absolutely loved it and you know, to be honest never never wanted to leave there um, always happy there was many opportunities you know a couple of the big one was obviously United that I could have gone to in 95 and and wow. Liverpool uh, different ties but I was always very very happy there I always yeah. felt that it was a massive club um, traditionally I watched them as a kid of course I w- supported Southampton but that like you said the only games you watched as a kid were big cup games like yeah. for me it was cup finals Tottenham won them both so of course watching that Tottenham team with Hoddle and Ardiles Ricky V uh, yeah I mean, how can you not like watching that team and and that you know then be your second team? And so I had every kit, so to go and do that, um, yes. I mean, people will always have always you know talked about injuries and things like that, which is such a shame. But I, when I look back at it, when I was a kid growing up, if someone said I played at Tottenham for twelve years, I would be pretty 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 okay with that. I, I mean, Darren, twelve years at a club is 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 almost unheard of now, and a, a huge club like yeah. Spurs in in those Premier League years. Is fantastic. I did actually remind you of something before the interview that there was actually a petition online to get you a testimonial. Uh, that, that, was, yeah. that was 13 years after you left. I mean, I think there was thousands of signatures on there. It, once, it, it, look, you've played 12 years at a club. You deserve yeah. a testimonial. It, it, you know, it, I, I suppose is it something that that it's not in your hands, but is it something that clearly you would have liked? Yeah, I think so. And I, who knows in the future? You never know, do you? But um, yes, they wrote, you know, I had it written in my contract that once I hit that point, that yes, I was due a testimonial. Unfortunately, a couple of years later, Daniel said, they came to me, the club, uh, John Alexander, just said, yeah, you know, yes, we've got this date for you for your testimonial. And the whole, the whole team were away on an end of season tour in Asia. So it was like, don't take the piss yeah, <laughs> excuse yeah, me yeah. but it was you know not nice of course. for me it's all about you know like I said I stayed at Tottenham for many years and I loved it and I wouldn't change a thing but I always thought the testimonial just meant there was the way, a way of the club saying thank you for yes. being loyal and they would help you in order to do that um, and they didn't and that and that's a real shame I spoke to Daniel about it uh, three or four years ago we had that conversation he said yeah no I, you know many things I could have done differently um the manner in which you left the club, the you know testimonial type stuff. He, you know, he felt that my agent Leon should have done more to 
get that sorted out and everything else. And I'm like, yeah, no. So I was, I'm, I'm fine with that. And I think that, you know, I have a good relationship with, with him and the club. And it's something that, who knows, in the future, yeah. may, may well happen. You, you, you never know. But as I said, sat here, I'm not one to go and be begging for this or begging for that. If, if, you know, over the years, some people have come to me and said, look, Dan, we can try and organise a testimonial for you. And they've tried and they've spoke to them. It's... With all the money going around in football now, I think people aren't as keen on doing them, and I think that's that's fair enough. Yeah, I but mean, who knows? Listen, Darren, if it happens, it, it is richly deserved. I mean, what, what also yeah, is? It, go on, sorry. Yeah, I think that for me, the big thing is it gives you the opportunity also to say thank you to the fans, and that's you know when I left there, I didn't go back and play therefore a Birmingham or a Wolves or a Bournemouth and that was such a shame because I, I obviously see players throughout their career move on and go back to old clubs and that's always a special day yeah. and that would have been for me because um, I didn't even get the chance when I was at Spurs because I had an Achilles tendon that needed an operation and I couldn't even be there the final day of the season so I was in America after having treatment and surgery to, to get it fixed so it was a it was a very tough time and dark times around then when that did happen. So it was such a shame for me not to be able to say thank you to the fans because they were one of the reasons why I did stay when when I did have those opportunities to move on because of of how well they treated me, especially that first six months when I struggled. Actually, Darren, as well, that's an... prompted another question really um you say against playing against your old clubs was you the sort of player that when you scored against your old club celebrated or 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 didn't you i never really played against my old clubs that's the funny thing i mean only like when i was at spurs went back to pompey and played in a couple of pre-season so that no (laughs) i i you are if would i yeah i would i mean i don't i think you you have to because you, you're trying to win a game of football and it, yes. it really doesn't matter who you're playing against of course you've got it that, that that that's the main thing i get the whole thing of when it's something a club's close to your heart and that sort of thing but it's a game of football and you're trying to win it and you should celebrate with your teammates when you score a goal yeah 100 percent, i agree now once again, talking about uh, something being richly deserved, your England debut in 1994, I believe it was Terry Venables that gave you that. Yep. I mean, how, how what? I mean, how proud are you and your family when when you put on those three lines on your on your chest? Yeah, so proud. I mean, there was obviously the big change around. The big disappointment was that we, England weren't going to the World Cup because you know under Graham Taylor the team uh, had really struggled um, in that campaign and. Remember, I think Ronald Koeman scored the goal, didn't he? That knocked England out. Yes, the free so kick. So really, really tough times. I remember being myself and Gary Flitcroft getting measured up for suits when we were the under twenty ones, like just in case, you know, that for the World Cup. And so that was always that was a nice feeling. But then, of course, they didn't make it. And then Terry Venables cut, becomes involved. So there's obviously a lot of talk about myself. Um, and you know, people like Ted, maybe you know, because he brought us to Tottenham to be, you know go and be in that first squad. So when it happened, I mean, I was in shock. I was having a great season, you know, things were going great, but you still just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. And then when I joined up, I just thought, you know, I was in awe of all the boys, you know, the lads I'd looked up to. And as soon as I walked in at Burnham Beaches. Um, kind of by the lo- lobby there then there's a bar opposite and you know Tony Adams walked out of the little bar area and they're like come on in you go and there's someone will put your bags in your room and there you had a few, a few guesses and I was felt right as rain the boys were just so so good to me it was it was great and then to get that that shout on the morning of the game that um, I'm in the starting lineup I would have just I just wanted to play 
a minute. I just wanted to see yeah. I played for England. And to get that, I was like, oh my Lord, that's incredible. I couldn't believe it. Of course, um, ter- we had a meeting at the hotel. Then he said, all right, I'm gonna, we'll see you on the bus in 10 minutes. Just give you an opportunity to go back to your rooms and call anyone if you like. And I knew he, I'm sure he had me in mind. He knew how close I was to my mum and dad and all that. And it was just a, a little touch again that uh, makes him him. He's just uh, more than a football manager, you know. Um, so I did that. And, I, you know, my family couldn't believe it. Went and trained. And then we slept in the afternoon. And then I always remember I getting a knock on my door, like for tea and toast. And, it, and as I opened the door, it was Gaza for people. Like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. No. What's he going to do? But he's like, have you got a shaver? And I'm like, at that point, I don't even I can't remember I was even shaving. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I have no idea. He went, well, he goes, I just wanted you to say so pleased for you. Want you to just make sure you enjoy it. He said, take it all in. He said, you deserve to be here. Terry brought me to Spurs. He brought you to Spurs. He knows oh. you're going to be here for a long, long time. Enjoy it. He said, you're top class. I couldn't believe it. And it was like, those nerds almost just went there yeah that Gaza who I idolised and looked up to came out of his way didn't have to do that when you know and come and knock on my door and give me that that's what a teammate does and that's you know I'll always appreciate that and as I say you know in that game I went from strength to strength I almost scored and I did a couple of bits of skill that were were highlighted and it was probably you know one of my best games of my career I'll never forget it so we won we won and the country that had been you know, on a real downer about not making the World Cup, yes. we've now got this lift, and uh, and I was part of that. And I, yeah, I didn't, I, I, I didn't sleep that night. It was the best feeling ever. Oh, I mean, look, we was all disappointed we didn't go to uh, the World Cup in in America in '94. But two years later, that was arguably a lot of players' finest hour. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Listen, you exactly. know, Euro '96. We're on British soil. We got to the semi-finals. I believe you hit the post as well in the semi-final yep. against Germany. I mean, what yeah, a tournament. Yeah, I, I know. God. I mean, that would have been a golden goal, but probably the first ever golden goal. And I think we'd all just run down the tunnel. I mean, it was <laughs> oh. um, such a shame. Gaza's little effort before yes. where he just needs an extra, an extra long stud to put yeah. it in. It was it's one of those things. I guess it wasn't meant to be in a typical the, the Germans we played so well and it was probably you know that tournament I'd missed the whole season so I was so I mean I didn't think I was going to make it I mean I was struggling I, you know luckily Terry knew how fit I was in terms of running and stamina through my time with him at Spurs and my you know being a cross country champion and all those sort of things so he knew that as long as I was physically fit I would get that So, I mean, I would say it took me a couple of games in the tournament to get going, for sure. But, you know, the, the Holland game, I'll never forget. I mean, when you play for England, it, it's it's tough. It's stressful at times. It's pressure. Yeah. You know you've got to play well, otherwise you're going to get told. <laughs> you're going yes, to read about yes. it. Um, but to play Holland in a game that was tough, and when you looked at the the, the group, that was the tough game, and we needed yeah. to obviously not get beat in that game after getting that result against Scotland, which was got us going. To be after an hour, you got half hour ago to go in the game. You're falling up at Wembley under the lights. The whole eighty thousand people are singing "Football's Coming Home." You just 
can't help but take it in. You can't help but enjoy it and hum along almost. And you just want the ball. You can't. You can't get tired. You can't, it's a. It's a feeling that I don't think you can ever explain to people that feeling of you're like walking on the on clouds while you're playing a game of football. It was. It was unreal. Oh, just incredible beating. I mean, Maul in Holland four one. Then obviously, uh, yeah. you know, Scotland, the dentist chair. It was just a fantastic tournament from start <laughs> to finish, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I, at least I remembered him doing the dentist chair on the pitch. Don't remember it when we were out there, but it was <laughs> yeah, we better not talk about that, Darren. To be honest, yeah, it was a it was a good night out, and you know what? That's what that team was exactly what that is. It yeah. was a team, and, and that team bonding and all that that all goes towards that. Um, it's very difficult these days to obviously for players to go out and be seen doing anything sociable um, which is such a shame we were lucky that was the start of it that shows you know that even then you know somebody stitched us up there was no need for it it was one of those things the media jumped on it when we struggled at the start of the tournament but it brought us all together and what a a great bunch of lads and what players on top of it I mean first and foremost you've got to be great players the, t- the team had great players world class players all throughout it but yeah. with a, a mentality of a team no clicks no individual egos just a great set of lads and, and we should have won it well, you know I think we were the best team in the tournament 100%. we didn't get that little didn't get that little bit of luck that you need but the, the country took to us they loved everything about it um, they could see that we were a team and um, people, as you say, still reminisce and, and talk about it. And last summer, even in lockdown, you know, watching the games, um, you know, certainly helped those <laughs> those hours go by. Yes. I mean, what a way to answer the press as well with with the celebration. I mean, that was just, just exactly. perfect. <laughs> Typical <laughs> Gaza. And, and, and two years later, once again, you know, you, you, your career's already, you know... Uh, just reaching pinnacles that you couldn't believe and then you get to play in a World Cup Darren I mean that once again that's huge yeah. isn't it I think when you're a kid growing up you, you know, say you know, I was either Glenn Oddle or Steve Williams or Kevin Keegan in the garden I think on top of that you're, prote- you're pretending you're scoring a goal for England in a, yeah. in a World Cup and um, I was so desperate to play in the World Cup I was you know after Euro 96 at that point you know of course I felt like I should be a permanent fixture in the team I'd done well when I played for England then I, after Euro 96 I had two years of hell really um, in terms of the injuries and yeah. didn't think I was going to be back to, to play in it um, but I was very fortunate that you know obviously I'd never played for Glenn before um, never never even come across him as such just someone I looked up to as a player growing up as a kid but he was unbelievable I mean when I was struggling he would be on the phone and he would be saying right I want you to go and see Eileen or I want you to go and do this I want you to go see this right I've got Terry who's you know my master at Chelsea he's now going to be master um, with England yeah He's also a physio. I want you to go and see him. Go, you go and do your treatment at Spurs. Then go and see Terry. I mean, I did everything in my possible to in order to try and be fit and get the right treatment, which I, yeah, unfortunately I wasn't getting at Spurs, and that's what it boils down to. Um, and I had to go out and do, in my own time yeah. go out and get that done in order to to be fit. And 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 I, and I did. And you know, and then I think there was a point where Alan Sugar saw me getting back fit towards the end of the season and basically told Christian Gross not to play me in order for England not to pick me for the World Cup. And oh. I think because he'd seen me playing Euronase 
tactics, then miss you know lots of time games to injury, and he felt that that would be the worst thing for Tottenham. So, luckily, um, Glenn had seen this, and he said, "Well, you better, you're going to need to say something in the uh, press. You've got to be honest, and you've got to say blah blah blah." So I was like, you know, I just said, "I can't believe Christian Gross is not playing me." We we keep losing games. We're going to get relegated. It was it was really bad. And um, Glenn put on an England B game for me. I mean, it was I was so lucky. And then, luckily, someone got injured. Um, we had three games to go, and we played Newcastle at home, then Wimbledon away, and then Southampton at home. Luckily, on the morning of the game, one Alan Nielsen picked up an injury, picked up a calf strain, which meant that I had to play. And probably good news for Spurs as well because we were, I think we won the last three games with me back in the team so it was um, good news all round and Glenn then we had, we had two friendlies I came back I did did okay and, and and I was in and couldn't believe it and then you go to the tournament and just everything's just magical and scoring the goal against Colombia something I'll <sighs> never forget yes. um, Beck scores the second a game that you know we, we go on and win 2-0 um, it's a Shame we went out as early as we did because I think we had a top top team. I think, yes, you know, of course, people always talk about Euro '96, but when I look back at the um, the team that we had, it was unbelievable. The the balance now with the youngsters coming through with Michael Beck, Scolzi, Soul. What a team was! It was a really really top top team, and um, with a little bit of luck, if we didn't go through on that side of the draw, because losing. That last minute goal against Romania, I think we would have gone up through on the other side and would have been definitely a lot easier run. But we should still have beaten Argentina. We were two one up. Should yeah. have been three or four one up the way we were playing in that first half. And then little things change games. They score a goal right on half time. Yes, the referee somehow sends him off, which was ridiculous. Yes, um, you know we have Sol's goal disallowed. Uh, it's just uh, everything that could go wrong did go wrong in a game that we that was a classic. I st- you know, I still watch that game and I think God, that's got to be. One of the great World Cup games. It was Un- an incredible, entertaining game of football. Unbelievable. I mean, look, Darren, what a great England career, read. I, I believe I might be wrong. 30 caps, seven goals. And I might be wrong here, yeah. but I did read a statistic where your last five caps were under five different managers. <laughs> yeah, they were, which probably doesn't isn't bode well with the, the injuries as such. But there was, yeah, obviously... Glenn had gone, Keegan came in, yeah, and then Howard Wilkinson, uh, Howard Wilkinson yeah. was, had a game. Peter Taylor had a game, and Sven, and then then Sven came. In. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I mean over a period of God knows how long, probably seven years, I probably, you know, or it might have been about six years, I played twenty eight games, and they were all starts, and that was something I'm always very proud of because yes. I know that especially even the, even more so these days, they're given out a little. A bit too easy for my liking. I but, agree. I agree. Um, I, I certainly feel. I, I certainly feel like I earned them. Yes. Oh, we, we, without a shadow of a doubt. Now, after twelve years at Spurs, Darren, it must be such you know such, such a wrench really to leave the club. You went to Birmingham City, um, but it must have been so difficult to leave Spurs after twelve years. Yes, it was. Um, it was something that you know was in negotiations to to leave. Um, to, sorry to, to do another a contract. Um, yeah. You know, the team's getting a little bit older and I think that, you know, they decided that they were going to keep one of us on. David Plea was in charge at the time, so he said, yeah, no, Darren will get offered Darren a contract. You know, the rest, you know, I think Teddy had left the year before, Gus, Poyet, Zeger and Jamie Redknapp were not going to be offered one. And then, um, then I picked up the injury. I was in negotiations. They were offering a lot less wages than I was on at the time. So, of course, there's a negotiation process. Yeah. Um, I, 
completely asked me to play in a game when I was struggling my Achilles and I was like I'm nearly there I'm nearly there but we were actually in the bottom three we played against Birmingham I said okay yeah play because I was even though I was getting older I was still stupid and that I just loved to play and always wanted to play and didn't put my body first probably and I ended up playing in that game and we won three games in a row we beat Liverpool and then we won up Man City but the third game Man City it just it I shouldn't have been playing, and my Achilles went again. Oh. And then they took away the they took away the, the offer of the contract, which obviously you know it hurt in a in a massive way. And yes, of course, I don't think it was the right thing to right way to treat someone who'd been there twelve years. And and I was also playing with a a, a tear in my in my Achilles for them. But that's football, and I always knew that you know that that is football when your things are going great and <laughs> Fergie's on the Sir Alex Fergie's on the phone then of course Alan Sugar's desperate for me to stay you know yeah, not funny that. and as you get a bit older and you, those sort of things but I just think it kind of left me for dead really with the injury and I ended up having to go out to America and try and you know see surgeons myself and things like yeah, that which wasn't very nice so it yeah it did hurt and I ended up you know I could have I looked at the sports Portsmouth and Birmingham and went up to Rangers uh, things like that looked at America um, but uh, Steve Bruce was a good guy really liked everything about him obviously knew him from playing against him yes um, Birmingham had a good team good English lads which which I, I, I liked a lot you know good characters so I went there and I just said to him, I said, look, you know, just don't pay me until I'm fit to play. And he said, yeah, I'm good enough. For I'm good. I'm, I'm I mean, happy with that. I mean, it's a call to make for you, Darren, to, 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 to literally say, don't pay me till I play. Because, listen, no player yeah. wants... You, you suffered from injuries, you did. No player wants, yeah, yeah. To, wants to not play. But... Yeah. You know, look, it's 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 a very old adage by the supporters to go, oh, he's sitting there taking away. Yeah. Look, you, yeah. you don't want to do that, Darren, but to say you, you're not going to get paid until you're fit, that's a big call. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, and I, I, I got it and I just wanted to play and I just said to him, I said, look, you know, we, we negotiated a contract. I said, look, you know, let's negotiate a contract. I want to be there. I said, I'm not, I said, I'm not fit. I said, I must be, I said, I feel great. I said, I've been down in Bournemouth running every day it's a feeling pretty good but obviously I'm not ready to sign and you know when I went up there that day I think that the season started the next day and he as I said let's give me a contract I'll sign the contract for the year and just stipulate that when I play my first game the 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 payment start and that was it and he you know he's a good man uh, Steve top man Really enjoyed playing for, for him. The training was good. I did, I wouldn't say it was my you know the greatest football in the world to watch or play in. Yeah. Um, you know you know I watched Newcastle yesterday. It's still the same. <laughs> um, you know yeah yeah he, he, he has a way of doing things. Of course, but good a good guy. Um, you know he had Robbie Savage, Damien Johnson. You know players in there that were playing more than more than I was, which I really couldn't get my head round. And that's when, you know, I, I just thought, okay, I've, I've had enough of this and ended up luckily, um, you know, having the, having the chat with Glenn. Didn't really, didn't want to drop out of the Premier League at all, uh, if I'm honest, but wanted to play and really thought coming to Wolves, getting into the Premier League be something that would happen 
should happen yes pretty comfortably and that was that was really disappointing about my time at Wolves uh, that, uh, that that didn't happen I mean listen you know I was saying yes but so 2005 came the, the big move finally to, to, to Wolves I mean look you, you know by your yeah. own admission you take a step down into the championship you know Glenn Hoddle Look, it's yeah. a it's a big club, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. From your point of view, that season I believe we finished seventh, so we just off the playoff zone. Yeah. From your point of view, listen, we had a good team. There's players you played with before, I believe, in Tom Huddleston and, and Rowan Ricketts. Um, there was at the back. Yeah. There was Jolie and Lescott. In, 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 yeah. yeah, I mean, there's some. Yeah, Paul Ince in midfield, Colin Cameron. Listen. There were some Premier League players there in a, in a championship. Yes, some were coming maybe to the end of their career. You was 33, yeah. Darren, but, you, you know, you, you must have gone to that club thinking, do you know what, with a bit of a push here, we, we can get to the Premier League. 100%, because I know that the season before, you'd finished the season really well. Yes. Like when Glenn went there, and wherever they were in the league, he, I don't think they got beat for about 15 games or so. It was, and I thought, oh, God, they're going to... I mean, I thought they'd cruise that league, to be honest. And then yeah. I thought, OK, yeah, well, I can I, I can do that because I want to get back in the Premier League, no doubt about it. Um, I wanted to play and I knew Glenn, obviously, very well from England and then Spurs, yeah. where when he came back to Spurs, I played great and he got me going again. But when I, so when I went to Wolves, started fine. And then all of a sudden, some Monday night game, played against QPR, played great. Someone just innocuously just cracked it crashed into me with the ball wasn't anywhere to be seen and my leg I just couldn't believe it I thought what on earth is that and I kept trying I thought is it a dead leg is it this I kept trying and kept trying I played for about 15 minutes the next day I went and had a scan and I or, or an x-ray I had a stress fracture in my leg oh. I could not I was absolutely devastated yes and of course and then I know all the rubbish about the sick note and all that is going to come again and I'm like what on earth I've come here to play yeah. and I've really struggled to with that injury to come back and mentally you know I was still in in Solly Hole and I was having to drive an hour there an hour back and I was yeah. like I can't believe this this is rubbish and it, I, you know I've, I've done enough sitting on the treatment table watching the boys go out and train and that sort of thing luckily the, the, the uh, medical boys that Wolves were a different class. Got me back playing within a month, six weeks. Um, it was great. Um, but from that point, I would play three or four games. Then I would sit out for three or four games. And I just remember saying to Glenn, Glenn, you know me. I need to play six, seven, eight games and stay in the team yes. and play, 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 play and get that mega fitness that I can get. And then I'll just run everything. And like, but to, I don't, training's training. For me, you got to play games. That's where you get that fitness, and then you run yes. and you dominate games. And I never, and I never hit the heights that I wanted to at Wolves, and that was frustrating for me. And I'm sure it probably was for for fans as well. And it was a team that frustrated that year itself because I think at that point Glenn started tinkering too much, and he had lots of good players, and he had lots of play, and he didn't know his best team, and that was so could never get on a run I remember we went up to Hull and won one and it was the first time we won three games in a row and I was like oh we're getting on a bit of a run here but that was as good as it got and oh. that was a, that was a real shame because I mean the team played great football but there was no cutting edge there was no you know there was there, was no, there wasn't a goal scorer 
Yeah, look, we we could sense that as well, and and as a, you know, you were a creative player, Darren, and that's that's obviously frustrating from your point of view. Another frustration is look, the nickname. I wasn't going to bring it up, and it, look, it's rude, really, when when people say very ignorantly. Yeah. <laughs> it is rude. Sick note. I believe that 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 ridiculous nickname. Did it come from Alan Knight at Portsmouth? Is that right? It came from a guy called Andy Gosney. Who, Andy who Gosney. That's it. I knew it was a keeper. The second goalie down at Pompey, and so I'd be in and out of the reserves and that sort of thing. And just I just missed a couple of games down when I was down at Portsmouth with uh, migraines, and it was horrible. And and then you know, so the guys kind of yeah, I was only a kid, so they just have a bit of a laugh and a joke about it. And I remember it was mentioned when I was up at Tottenham a couple of years later and then the injury started and then someone just dug it out and that was it and it's like it is ridiculous obviously I played so many games of, of football throughout my career yeah. and I the worst thing about it is it makes you sound like you're weak and I think that my injuries are caused through being the opposite of that and yes. playing on with injuries when I shouldn't saying yes I'll play like I did you know with David Pleat like I did at Wolves there when I played for another 10-15 minutes with a stress fracture um, you know playing with torn Achilles tendons my groins being, you know having tears in them and I'm playing Christian Gross saying no no you're fine yeah you're fine I'm like well I don't think I am but yeah I'll play and then I'll play and then the next you know with just my left foot and the next day I'll go and have a scan I've got blood all the, halfway down my my leg and my inner thigh it's just that's what I did so and I've seen people get stretched stretched off at clubs and yeah. and then they're training again on the Wednesday that's the, that's the one thing I just think well that couldn't be further from the, the truth but I get it and it's all media related and people it jump is. on it and people don't look at facts and they just say it and they, and they think it's funny and I mean you can walk down the street sometimes and someone will say it you know I mean that's what a, what a, what a clown what an idiot <laughs> and, 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 yeah that, that's the, the disappointing thing, really, Darren, because you don't strike me as someone who was, you know, yes, the trappings of football at the top, in the top flight, you do earn, you know, the good money, etc. Et yeah. But you, you, I don't believe, you know, you, you courted that and it wasn't about big contracts. No. And you wanted to play football and you're someone who played, I believe, over 500 professional league and cup games. Now, listen, Darren, if you've played over 500 league and cup games, you can't yeah. do that with a ridiculous injury record. No, no, I had, a, the, and I think the reality of it is, is that when I picked up the injuries, they were the, I would say, the, the highlights of my career before Euro 96 and before yes. a World Cup. Before Euro 96, that's six months beforehand, we were, you know, doing well in the league. Jerry Francis, the first question Jerry Francis got every week was nothing about the games. When is Darren going to be fit? <sighs> and it I, I mean, I was, I guess at that point, I was big news I turned down Manchester United you know yeah. Fergie said the only player he wants da 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 the Euro 96 is coming so yes the Premier League was big big news but Euro 96 and everybody looking forward to that was huge and then of course it was you know I guess I was in a way say you know it's a compliment that people were talking about it because they wanted to see me back on the pitch and it yes. was big news and that's the reality those two or three years I struggled with the injuries and it was really, really difficult. And yeah. instead of people saying, God, he done well to get back and play in every game at Euro 96 and every game at the World Cup, people yeah. go the other way. And just forget about that and just talk about the injuries and the games I missed. But take those three years out. out and I played as, as many games as, ever, as everyone. Um, unbelievable. Unbe I mean, Darren, an unbelievable career. And if you don't mind me asking, what, I mean, if, if uh, I, I, I'm sure you work and do stuff, what, what, what do you do now, Darren? 
so I do some media st- stuff. I've been out. I used to go out to like Singapore and that sort of thing. I do some bits back it back in England. My uh, obviously do some ambassador work with with Spurs, which I enjoy doing. Yeah, it's really I find that really enjoyable actually because I go back with and do that sort of thing, and I'm doing it with the boys that I actually just spoke to you about earlier that I looked up to and that those FA Cup teams. Yes, it's really great. Paul Miller, Graham Roberts. Great, great guys. I mean, Aussie, you know, unfortunately, you know, Clem, what a, what a guy isn't with us yeah. anymore. Um, and I just really enjoy it. And I love being part of Tottenham's history. I, I really do. And I feel feel very lucky. Um, I have, I've, you know, done some stuff with property over the years. And funnily enough, I have a, <laughs> I have a children's nursery and preschool down in Bournemouth that, oh, okay. that I own. Yeah. Which is just from one of the properties that I had. So, um, you know, I've certainly enjoyed myself, but I've invested some things wisely, some things not so wisely. But um, uh, my wife's out from out here in California, and uh, yeah, I'm quite happy being out here. I'm really enjoying it. Um, Nice part of the world. Oh, absolutely beautiful part of the world. And if there's there's one abiding memory uh, Darren from your incredible career because you know it wouldn't have given this podcast any justice if I'd have just spoke about the time at Wolves if there's 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 one abiding memory that you can look back on at this fantastic career and it always puts a smile on your face what is it um it's funny enough I've actually sat in (laughs) our baby room because my wife's due in um in May and I've got congratulations um, my (laughs) world I've got my World Cup shirt up on the wall, the the one that I scored in. So I think that one single moment of kicking a ball and smashing the neighbour's fence on numerous occasions, dreaming of scoring a goal in a World Cup, and that I think that one moment is the one that just gives me goosebumps. Ah, uh, and and I mean, listen, there's not many people that can say they've scored in a World Cup, but you did, Darren. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Appreciate that. So, Darren, I want to thank you for yeah, your time no, today you. because, you know, I know you're a, you're a busy person uh, and I've actually dialed into the other side of the world to get this interview. And I want to thank you as well um, on behalf of the Wolf supporters for, for representing our club at, at perhaps not such a such an easy time. Um, thank you for playing for us and it's been great yeah, chatting to you today it. and we Good hope set. to speak to you again soon. Great, great set of sounds. Great. Thanks, thank you. Darren. Appreciate it very much.